Welcome back to Sideline Exposure. I'm your host, Mitchell Crossan, and one last podcast here before we take some time off and head into the offseason. Georgia are your 2022 college football national champions, and they went back-to-back. First time that's been done since Alabama did that in 2011-2012. I think there's no doubt that Georgia is the king of college football right now. The two teams that are poised to stop them is one, Alabama, and to Ohio State. And the Buckeyes showed us that their offense is built to beat Georgia. It's built to beat a team like that. And as skilled as, as CJ is and as skilled as Marvin Harrison Jr. and those receivers are, and of course having MHJ on the outside made it impossible for anybody to stop them. But Ryan Day was cooking. Ryan Day is still calling plays for the Buckeyes, and he called a great game. And they gave Georgia everything they could handle. Now, regarding the actual national championship game itself TCU had a great year I'm not saying TCU didn't deserve to be there because they won a lot of games and they did beat Michigan but TCU definitely overachieved this season are they all of a sudden going to be this 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 team that's going to be in the national title contender every year I don't think so probably not are they going to fall off a complete cliff I don't think so again I haven't looked at the roster yet for next year but they overachieved and Sonny Dykes did a great job in year one and TCU had a great season but there was such a huge talent mismatch going into that game if you look into the numbers and you can use 24-7 sports composite ranking Georgia almost has as many five stars as TCU has four stars now is star ranking everything no you have to get these guys you have to get the talent in the room you have to develop them, you have to coach them, then that talent has to mesh. You can look at Texas A&M. They just bought their way to the number one recruiting class last year, and some of those guys have already left. So just getting the star power isn't important itself. Things have to mesh together. But there was such a huge mismatch going into this game. I did think the game was going to be a lot closer than it was. I think, well, you look at the Ohio State game, and you know I'm not, I'm not going to say that was – the national championship, I mean, it, it kind of felt like it. But Ohio State exposed some things for Georgia. Ohio State's offense definitely exposed parts of Georgia's defense. Now, Georgia lost a million players off that defense to last year's NFL draft. And now they're in a place where they're reloading, not necessarily rebuilding. And they have good talent, but just the guys aren't at their peaks yet on defense. And we know what kind of power Ohio State has on offense. But I thought that... The Buckeyes put some stuff on film and that Georgia kind of exposed themselves a little bit or Ohio State exposed Georgia. I thought TCU could attack downfield and take advantage of that. And early on, they didn't really do that. I saw like a bubble screen, I think, on each of their first two possessions. And you can't do that crap against Georgia. Georgia's too fast, too well coached. And that just kind of set the tone early for TCU's offense. I thought they were too timid. I thought they had to come out in that game and just rip throws down the middle, go over the top. And try to emulate, I mean, it's hard to emulate what Marvin Harrison Jr. and what C.J. Stroud did because they might be one of the best, or if not the best in the country when it comes to attacking DBs downfield. But I just thought TCU missed out on a lot of that early. And in a game with talent mismatch, like they had against Georgia, they had to come out swinging, and I just thought they were too timid. Stetson Bennett is a two-time back-to-back national champ which is crazy, and that that is good for him. He's proved a lot of people wrong. And 
you know, Georgia is going to lose him, so they have to replace quarterback. But this is a team that is running college football right now. And you can look at their schedule next year. I mean, where are they going to drop a game? But it's also really, really hard to three-peat. I think the only program to have ever three-peat officially in college football history is Minnesota, and I think it's 1934, 1935, and 1936. So it's very hard to repeat. It's seems like it's impossible to three-peat and then have two 15-0 seasons inside that three-peat. Let's see what Georgia can do next year. Let's see where Ohio State's at. Let's see where Alabama's at. And either other programs like Tennessee, you know, they lose Hendon Hooker. Is this kind of like a right-away thing? Or, you know, are, are they going to be able to build off of the success this year? Or were they kind of a one-hit wonder? So we have a little bit of a to-be-determined phase to kind of figure out here with some of these other programs that can challenge Georgia. The Pac-12 is putting out some good quality teams. Can Washington, Oregon, USC, Utah, can any of those teams get over the hump and actually start to become relevant, make the college football playoff, and maybe try to challenge a team like Georgia? Anyways, as we transition into this offseason, there's still going to be some moving pieces, right? You can still enter the transfer portal. You know, NIL is still in full swing. So, Things will change, right? Guys will come in, guys will go out, and the transfer portal does open up again later on in the year. So at this point, we will not be doing the podcast for a couple of weeks. We're going to spend some time focusing on our short-form video content, which if you want to check that out, you can follow us on our social medias at Sideline Exposure on everything except for Twitter at Sideline Exposed. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. That is a wrap for the 2022 college football season went by too fast as always and go bucks